From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, meteorologist and social media manager at Agora Pulse Jen Watson, star of Tornado Hunters Greg Johnson, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn Storm Spotter and Chaser Bill Johnson. Hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. Uh, Check out our website, stormfrontfreaks.com, and you can also uh, watch and listen to all of the uh, past shows uh, in our library. Uh, We've got former guests like MIC at the National Weather Service Louisville and former hurricane hunter John Gordon was with us a while back. Uh, that was a good time. We also had the tornado trackers, Gabe, Jeff, and Jeremy. Uh, those were just a few, but we've got a great library, so check that out. Uh, but tonight, we're recording episode 110. Uh, we're excited tonight. We actually, uh, we've been waiting a while for this, Brett. We've, uh, we've got meteorologist and storm chaser. He's also the owner of Live Storms Media. Brett Adair is with us tonight, so uh, looking forward to chatting with Brett a little bit. Uh, we've also uh, we've also going to take him through our lightning round, and we've got Jennifer. Uh, she's got a new segment she's going to introduce tonight. Uh, she just told us it's called Weatherwise Trivia. Uh, yes. so Weatherwise nice. Trivia. I get to ask uh, so you guys questions. Yeah, so that should be fun. And then of course we got hashtag Weather Fools. We got a lot of other stuff. But before we get to all of that, uh, let's just quick find out who's here tonight. It's always happy hour when we uh, when we record. Uh, let's you know first off that uh, we like to have a good time uh, <laughs> with our guests and, and with each other. But uh, so it's happy hour. So hope you can join us uh, if you're at home or uh, not at work, uh, not in the car. Those are not the places <laughs> no, to no, join no. us. But MJ, uh, MJ, what are you drinking tonight? Hey, tonight I uh, took a lesson from uh, Maz there last couple of weeks, <laughs> and but it's not a summer shandy. I have a Liney's grapefruit shandy tonight. Oh yeah, that's good. Ooh. That's good. That's amazing. Good, good. All right, Maz, you you bringing back the lineys again? No, it's Braxton Brewing Storm. Nice. The golden female. Very apropos this evening. I'm just saying. That that is good. (laughs) I like that. How about you, Greg? What are you drinking tonight? Uh, It's got to be Canadian whiskey and Coke. Whiskey and Coke. Yep. Well done. I love that. (laughs) I hope that's a sound effect. I know. I'm like... Wait, who is that? Uh, Jen, how about you? What, what oh are you drinking God. tonight, Jen? What do you guys think I'm drinking? I think the last time I actually was drinking tequila, um, but I'm, I've got water. Um, oh, it's wow. yeah, tequila and water. Yeah. Tequila oh. and water. Tequila and water. Try to stay hydrated. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. All right, let's uh, hey, let's get to our guest, Maz. Awesome. Uh, I'm drinking, drinking what? Um, oh, this is OJ Mountain Dew. Uh, coconut rum and some triple sec. Wow! Holy crap! In wow. a German uh, plastic, mug. plastic mug. <laughs> plastic mug. Plastic frosted mug. <laughs> All right, Maz. Hey, we are Enough excited to have Brett Adair. He's an Alabama-born and raised meteorologist. Upon graduating from Mississippi State University, dogs. Brett quickly launched his career in 2016 with Weather Nation TV as a field meteorologist 
tracking dangerous storms, and we can attribute to that here in a little bit. He's also a business owner and operates Livestorms Media, a brokerage firm for professional videographers and storm chasers around the world. You're a busy guy, Brett. You got all kinds of stuff going on, and you are one crazy son of a gun from that video I saw with you down at Hurricane Michael. Did you think you were going to die? There were a couple of moments there that it was it was questionable. Um, the biggest thing that, that really helped us is we've trained time and time again for those situations. So thinking really quickly, I made, I made a decision that it cost me about 50 grand, but I, I left my truck and we abandoned it as the storm surge was coming in, went to more substantial shelter, and that absolutely saved us. It just... Uh, it really hurt me from a financial element after the fact, but uh, you know, we're alive and we're here to talk about it. I, I can't believe how quick, cause you had the video rolling the whole time, the dash cam. And I was watching going, Oh, you know, it's just starting to come across the street. I want to say it was like two minutes and it is moving the vehicle. And I am like, when that wave hit, I'm like, no way. I mean, it was crazy. The one thing that uh, I will say, I'm going to sound like an infomercial here. Um, I had a live view running in the truck. So we had bonded signal there. That was the only way that anybody was going to be able to see that connected feed was because uh, Verizon had a fiber line cut. So we were running off AT&T and T-Mobile at that point, and we were able to keep a feed. The only reason that you guys lost the feed is the water got inside the truck and physically shorted the live view out. So I was able to go and recover the uh, the SIM card until the camera went underwater and it got corrupt. And that's how we were able to get some of that higher quality video after the fact. So, yeah, it was nuts. It literally went from ankle deep water when I stepped out of the truck within the matter of 90 seconds. I was in chest deep water climbing on top of the truck. So do do me a favor quick. Let Let people know that maybe aren't aware of this, Brett, or didn't didn't know you were chasing Michael and, and what all happened. Just maybe talk a little bit about what, what was going on at that point, why you were where you were and um, what was going on that, that made you make certain decisions uh, at that point. Well, that being said, I, I work for weather nation TV. I'm still a field correspondent. I'm on the Gulf coast right now uh, watching tropical depression eight to see what may happen with it. More than likely tropical storm soon. I was doing this at that point in time, 2018, during Hurricane Michael. So we were having a discussion internally with the meteorologist in the studio. And the decision was, we need somebody to go toward Mexico Beach to see about getting in the eye. And this was about three to four hours prior to landfall. So I obviously, being the most seasoned guy there, made the decision to go and check some of those areas out. I didn't see anything that made me feel really safe in Mexico Beach. Um, one of my video stringers had some pretty valuable information and told me that there's a hospital, you know, over in St. Joe, Port St. Joe, that's at about a 26 foot elevation. So if we get a big surge, we can go to the parking lot there and we should be safe and we'll just have to deal with the wind. And honestly, my own person, I'm, I wasn't too worried about the wind. I knew it would be intense, but I, I thought I could survive the wind versus the water. So I went down and I did a lot of live shots at Port St. Joe for the two hours um, after that time period. We were about an hour, 15 minutes or so prior to landfall. And I got a phone call from the office. Uh, can you go west? We need you to get in the eye. We need you to get in the eye. 
And a personal friend of mine, won't say his name, but a personal friend of mine who works with me and, and, and confides in me and has a lot of confidence in my decisions, he thought that hospital was in Mexico Beach where I had elevation. And I felt a little bit of pressure there and made a decision to go back toward Mexico Beach, thinking I might be able to beat it to get over toward Tyndall to get in the eye. Because I knew if I got in the eye or got on the western side, I didn't have to worry about storm surge as much. Um got extremely hairy very quickly as we were driving westbound on 98 looked at my partner um the roof of one of the condos flew completely over the truck came apart we looked at each other and uh said this isn't good and within five minutes that's when we had the water coming in so um we had to make a split second decision literally to just abandon the truck abandon all equipment you know leave everything running we had all that video running to a cloud server. So as everybody was able to watch it live, we were able to capture that video and save it, thankfully, because um, we've done some documentaries and things with that because we lost a lot of monetary revenue in the truck, which was all the equipment that I operate with is my personal equipment. So I pay for everything that I use. So luckily I was able to make some money off of that to get equipment to continue to do what I love to do uh, it was it was just a mess of a situation. Um, however, I do have to say, I learned a lot from that. Uh, number one, Mother Nature's in charge. Doesn't matter how good you think you are. Doesn't matter, um, you know, anything can change very very quickly and sneak up on you. Um, but personal relationships that I gained from that, um, just with the people in Mexico Beach, I communicate with a lot of the business owners there. Uh, took refuge, helped a lot of people out while we were there, went back there four or five times, and um, actually got a bunch of video that we're working on a documentary. So, I mean, I'm using my experience with that unfortunate circumstance, um, you know, to more or less tell people the dangers of storm surge and then these compact hurricanes, um, because even the, the wind damage there surprised me as well as that thing came in. I was, I was watching it. I think most people... Cause I'm watching the winds as you're driving down the road and you guys are talking about, is that the bridge? And I go, I don't, I don't know. Is that the, and then they go, Oh, that's the bridge. And I was looking at that going, don't go Brett, don't go Brett. Cause it was like <laughs> at one point in time, you know, for those who are up in like the Northern parts, it was like blizzard conditions where you can't see more than just a few feet in front of you at times. And I think everybody thinks it's the wind, it's the wind. But I was so surprised and how quickly that storm surge came in and how dangerous that was. I mean, there's just so many elements to that. And how big was that storm event? What was at the peak? The storm surge, we actually went back. I had to recover my truck because it was undrivable. The engine seized up. Luckily, it didn't go all the way into the Gulf of Mexico. It, it hit a house. And uh, anyway, I, I was able to go recover the truck. And the National Weather Service in Tallahassee was down there at that time surveying some of the high water marks. And one of the marks that we found, and I think the official surge was just over 20 feet there in Mexico oh, Beach. Wow. It was pretty close to where Ginger Z was located when the house detached physically from a foundation and came across 98. So she she had higher surge in my area where I was at. I think the surge was closer to 16, 17 feet there, which was still tremendous. But uh, yeah, that, that town was decimated by the storm surge and it was such a small beautiful pristine coastal town um it was one of the few areas that you could still buy oceanfront proper or gulf front property there for relatively cheap and um 
just a staple there. It's, it's really a, a kind of a, a hidden gem there, just east of Panama City. What was the so, max winds? Oh. I believe the max winds were upgraded. Pre-assessment, I believe they had 155, but after going in and seeing the damage, some of the worst tree damage I've ever seen in my life, and tornadoes, hurricanes, you know, I would compare it to uh, Hurricane Harvey was one I was comparing that to because I was in Harvey as well. But I think 160 was the official wind rating wow. there. Uh, so it hit Category 5 status on the post assist. That's so crazy. And Brett, compare this because I know you from um, being on TV in Alabama and we would use your footage and, and contact you. Uh, and you've been in all sorts of weather situations. Was this the scariest or one of the scariest ones that you were actually feared for your life? Are we actually going to make it? Are we actually going to get out? You know, that's, that's absolutely the way I would describe it because um, love chasing tornadoes. I feel like I have a lot more control in that type of a situation with a tornado. When it comes down to hurricanes, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The reason I'm sitting here talking to you is that storm sped up. I firmly believe if the storm were moving six, seven miles per hour slower at landfall, I feel like we had a worse storm surge and the storm surge gets pushed further inland and and then I'm in trouble. I have to make you know more decisions. So yes, I had to think on the fly. Uh, I had a guy with me that was my responsibility, that was my partner. Um, so yeah, that was probably the most nervous I don't want to say scared for my life because I feel like if I ever get scared in a situation, I'm already dead. So yeah. I have to be very, very careful. Nervous? Absolutely. Um, scared for my partner? Yes. Scared for myself? I couldn't even think about that. I just, I couldn't. I knew we had to make decisions and had to do it on the fly and do it uh, with a clear mind. Otherwise, we were dead when we got there. After it was over, how many beers did you have? <laughs> oh, God. Hey, hey, Brad, I, I've, I've got a question that if I remember correctly, when that storm uh, really was approaching the coast, uh, no one really expected it to, to end up as a category five storm. And, you know, and, and it kind of uh, uh, really uh, um, built up its power over a short period of time. When you were making your way down there, did you have any thought at all in your head that you were entering a, a category five storm it's it's a really good th good question to ask because uh this is where social media is great i actually thought we were going to be dealing with a major hurricane a couple of days in advance we had a lot of deterministic guidance that was going in that direction i was looking more at environmental conditions because i saw that there was nil for sheer and we had really warm waters and one thing about being from the South and dealing with the hurricanes on a regular basis, the Gulf of Mexico is known for doing this type of thing. We had just watched Harvey leave the Bay of Campeche or the Yucatan Peninsula and go from a tropical storm to nearly a category five in a matter of 24 hours. So the, I knew the possibility was there in my mind. Did I think that I would be in the position I was in when that storm came in? Hell no, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> it, yeah, it was crazy. crazy. It is. And so, Brett, what's the equipment that you don't leave without or you absolutely have to have when you're chasing, especially hurricanes? Life preserver. Well, well from yeah. now on, yeah, absolutely. It'll be a life jacket and a sat phone because 
Um, that was the one instance I did not have a sat phone with me because I was thinking, okay, this thing looks to move fairly quickly. It, it, you know, everything showed the, the storm kicking up in forward speed. And I was thinking, okay, we're on the U.S. coast. I'm used to going to the Bahamas and Puerto Rico and chasing some of these storms where communications can get, you know, torn up pretty good for a, a long period of time. But I didn't take a sat phone and literally to get a phone call out, I had two forms of service. I had Verizon and AT&T. I had to get up on a house that had been destroyed. The, um, the house was completely destroyed and it was a, like a pitch roof. I had to stand on the top of that pitch that was located in Highway 98, hold my phone up to get one bar of signal to make a phone call out. Wow. So satellite Can you hear phone. me now? <laughs> <laughs> we got you, I think. <laughs> but the the satellite phone will be something that I will never leave home without in another hurricane. Brett, not kidding. When I was watching that video, all I could think about was, who is this guy's service provider? Because like, <laughs> how how is this live streaming right now? I don't think you can live stream like that on the planes when you get uh, fifty or sixty chasers on the same tower. So I was like, I was watching that, going, I I, I don't even know what I'm looking at right now. Greg, I'm telling you, the live view unit, I had a solo unit is what I had, and I had multiple, I had two AT&T cards and two Verizon cards bonded to that thing. Those two AT&T cards are what fed that stream out the entire time, which was impressive. Well, it got destroyed during the storm, and, and again, I feel like an infomercial, but I got to be good to these people. So I called live you and I talked to the rep there and I said, Hey man, I said, look at this video. I said, can we do something here promotionally to help you guys out? And you help. Yeah. Me out? Yeah. So they actually gave me four of the units for the price of one. So nice. So they have been a very big proponent because I want to promote that product more than anything because that's crazy. The live element saved me that day because one of the, one of the homeowners, we were parked in the yard. And you can see in the video, there's a pontoon boat that's laying where my truck once was. And those homeowners were watching the live feed from Pensacola out of my truck. <sighs> and they got, they got in contact with me and told me to break in their house, use their food in the refrigerator, use the towels if I needed to wash clothes, if it was available to do that. The communication aspect of social media and live streaming is amazing, and I will always be a proponent for that. We we yeah, are sure true. that was their place, right? Then I'll just like punkin <laughs> punkin you. Yeah, that's ours. Break in. Yeah, just go ahead. Just go well, ahead in. They gave they gave me the address and they gave me a good description of some of the okay. things that were outside the house, and they also. <laughs> Um, they also came and met me. I went back and I mean, cause I feel like that they were a big proponent in saving my life. So, you know, I kind of, I had to go back down and thank them and I check in with them from time to time. And unfortunately, one of the big issues with, with hurricanes is, is insurance after the fact. And there's a lot of big insurance issues down there and they're one of the people dealing with that, unfortunately. Cause, cause I was thinking, how do you tell you yeah, the police come by and you're like, no, the owners called me and said to break into my, the house. Like, <laughs> Yeah, turn around, turn around. Well, I, I had the homeowner's name, and, and really, to be honest with you, as soon as the surge swept out, we had three uh, officers that did show up that were riding down the road just looking at the damage coming out of St. Joe, headed toward Mexico Beach. 
and they got blocked by debris. But we did talk to a couple of them, and uh, we started going searching. Uh, Bunker Hill was a little community that was elevated behind Mexico Beach. We started going house to house and helping them search after that. So uh, it, it was it was a humbling experience, say the least. You you had the homeowner's name because you were paging through their mail, I would imagine, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's yeah, John Smith. Uh, yeah. The, the mailbox is somewhere about out 50 miles, uh, somewhere near one of the buoys in the Gulf, I think, though. So. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, it's, it's going to be time for a refill and a break. Uh, we're going to be right back with more from Brett and his go at the lightning round. So stay tuned. Hi, my name is Dina Knightley, and I'm a senior graphics meteorologist at the Weather Channel's weather.com, and here's a message to get you weather ready. The spring season is here, and we want to prepare you for spring weather threats, which includes tornadoes, lightning, flooding, and thunderstorms. No matter what type of severe weather you may experience, it is important to have a plan in place so you can communicate with your family and friends in the event of a disaster. Know who you would contact for updates. Also, determine ahead of time where you and your family can meet. For more information, please visit the NOAA Weather Ready Nation website at weather.gov forward slash WRN. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're with Storm Chaser Extraordinaire, Brett Adair. We're having a great time uh, talking Storm chasing and, and hurricane chasing, but I I want to jump ship here a little bit, Brett, and ask you about uh, Live Storms Media and how 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 first off, I guess the question is how, what what got you to start that? Where did where did the inspiration come from and why? But then also kind of find out a little bit what what's the future of you know of storm video brokering and you know where's that been going? Well, we started. Uh... 2012, really, um, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, took a tornado hit. I had a friend that was there. Um, I actually worked for another broker at that time and uh, attempted to kind of hand the business over to that person, but uh, I guess there was a personal vendetta there. So I asked, I said, hey, can I, you know, do it? And, uh, you know, made him a good chunk in media sales at that point in time. We also were able to help the weather service and the media get the word out for what was going on down there because uh, the University of Southern Miss took a hit. Well, it kind of evolved from that point. I was released from my other brokering agent because it was a successful venture at that particular point. And, uh, you know, I just got tired of working for somebody else when I was in the field doing this, which I'm out, I'm out to report first and foremost. We have a really good relationship with the National Weather Service, um, with local and national media, as Jennifer knows, worked with Jennifer many times in the past. Uh, trying to get that information and those those images out because uh, nowadays people are paying attention to these live video feeds. The radar is great. Um, it's a great tool to go down street level and show, you know, these pretty colors and such. But if you can show a tornado or uh, damage or something live on television, it really gets people's attention. And social science shows that. Um, so I developed Live Storms Media and we started rocking out in 2012 and it just exploded. Um, it exploded so much, which I was already working on my meteorology degree. Uh, I was at Mississippi State. I started in 04, took a break, went back uh, through 14, got my degree. Um, 
And LSM, I was working a full-time job. I was working 12 to 16 hour days uh, in quality control and doing live storms media for two years. It became so much that I was unable to do both. So I had to kind of step away from my uh, company job with the man, so to speak, and uh, take a risk and just go out on my own. And, you know, it evolved. We got a bunch of video stringers, um, professional summer amateur, uh, which we groom to uh, teach them how to do some of the video elements, the content, the storytelling, um, shooting. I mean, we, we can we can start with some of those guys from the ground up. We've got people from professional videographers down to your amateur. So we work with uh, just about anybody. We'll give them a chance. Um, obviously, ethics are a big thing now. So we're having to be uh, pretty tight on, you know, things that we allow because uh, we've grown to the level that we can't allow, you know, things that negatively represent our company to uh, to be said by people. So uh, we run a pretty good ship um, from the, from that element. One thing that has, has gotten um, kind of bigger through our, our lifetime with Livestorms Media is the social media element. Uh, I would say probably our two bigger competitors um, amongst our company would be Viral Hog and Storyful. Those are the guys that I look to be our, our competitors. So we're, uh, we're doing new things to evolve, um, to work around and work, even work with those people. Um, we built our own proprietary uh, content distribution network. Basically, our, our stringers upload their video to us and it comes to me. I can get it on my phone, my iPad. Uh, basically, I price their video, I hit a button, and it's done. It gets blasted to all of our clients. Uh, they have a portal that they can log in and look at video in real time. We also have a proprietary live streaming system that they can log in and watch all of our live streams with our beacons and such um, all over the country, really all over the world. And now I'm working on another project, which is going to involve uh, remote camera systems. We have built... 15 to 20 boxes uh, that will put me in a position to basically show you the images that we were able to capture from Hurricane Michael without me being there. <laughs> so we, uh, we've got a partnership with a broadband provider and we've got uh, 4K streaming technology. Um, we've got proprietary software now in those boxes that allows us to build time lapses allows us to uh, manually control the cameras. It's not like a, a variable bitrate thing, kind of like a Nest camera solution or anything like that. These are fully standalone, remote control, manual cameras with 4K image sensors. And uh, we're really just trying to evolve as things evolve around us. It's a video vending machine. Right. That's it. <laughs> wow. So, so Brett, is the idea then? Uh, I gotta, I gotta know more about that. Is the idea then that if, uh, for example, if Gonzalo is going to make its way to the to the U.S. coast, that you would then go out and deploy these uh, standalone cameras in the likely path, and then get the hell out? Well, on the coastal sections where you're going to get, say, a 15 or a 20 foot storm surge. What I've done is, is we've developed, I've got a team of four guys and we've developed these boxes. So what we have is we have some boxes that we're gonna put inland, maybe like a block inland that'll be on, whether it be a light pole or a, you know, a red light or a tree or, or whatever we decide that we think is sturdy. 
and we're going to point it toward an object like Jennifer said earlier to get a perspective and get a good shot. And those boxes will be the ones that I'm looking to recover. However, we've got a second prototype that I'm going to put on the coastline and we're going to get a perspective from if we get a 20 foot, 30 foot surge, we're going to get that as it comes in and it's either going to destroy the box, uh, which we got transponders in the box so we can go and locate those unless, you know, they float out in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. Um, but we're going to have what we're going to call more disposable boxes. And then we're going to have those that we're definitely going to be able to recover. The great thing about it is, yes, it's going to allow me to put things that would be in an extremely dangerous position and we may not be able to get video out of, but I will stay in the field and I will be covering it. I, I can't get out of the field. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to be there and <laughs> as close as I feel comfortable, I don't want to die obviously, but as, as close as I can comfortably get, yeah, I'm going to be out there in the thick of it, man. So we've got a, we've got a viewer, viewer question here. How are they powered? Yeah. These are going to be powered. We've got battery power. So what we're okay. what we're doing is we've got almost a hundred thousand lamp hours of battery in each box. Wow. And keep in mind, this is the first year that we're using these. We are looking to do solar eventually, but these batteries will run anywhere from ninety six to one hundred and eight hours, depending on thermal conditions. And we're also going to build another box that is going to have live weather data that will transmit from this box. That's in, the, that's in phase two. Um, the biggest kick now with hurricane season coming, we're trying to get all of our, bro our boxes fully produced so that we can put them out. But, but 96 to 108 hours of battery time on these things. So are you mounting them oh. somewhere or just putting them out? I mean, you're not like covering up like lost dog signs on a pole or something, are you? No, we will be mounting them on something flush. Basically, uh, we'll have a bracketed mounting system with strapping, and then I'll have to have a lock, obviously, because most people, especially local people, will have access to this. This will be something uh, we're building a Patreon so we can try to get some public support for this type of system because this is this is going to be like a five-figure investment because we didn't go the cheap route with the camera solution. We went with a very high-quality camera. So we're going the Patreon route here uh, for the public. And then we're also going to try to contract these out to our media partners. But we'll be able to strap these up, like I said, to any polls. Um, you know, we're not going to block anything or, or do anything without permission. We're going to contact local authorities. We want to be able to help uh, local emergency managers because we know that it's very vital for them to get this information firsthand. Um, you know, so they know exactly where the boxes are and they can know exactly when things start to go downhill in their district. That's cool. So, Brett, how many teams of people do you have if there's like a major hurricane or hurricane in general that's going to approach the shore? How many of you are lined up that are part of Five Storms Media? Overall, right now, we have generally 350 individual strainers um, wow. on a normal on a normal basis. We'll have 15 to 20 teams. If we get a good hurricane, 15 to 20 teams spread out. And for right now, I've got five teams that are down on the coast of Texas, which obviously I don't think this is going to be a huge deal. But they're down there for the depression or more than likely a tropical storm making landfall late Friday, early Saturday. Uh, to cover the flooding aspect, the tornadoes, if we if we get any kind of wind damage, and then we've got drone teams that are also in route in case we deal with those issues as well. 
So between tornadoes and hurricanes, what's your preference? Great question. Perfect question, Jen. That would hurt. <laughs> that is the correct question. I'll be honest with you. I, I love all types of weather, but Greg can attest to this. We drive how many tens of thousands of miles each year to see the spinning vapor that seemingly avoided the U.S. after April this year for the most part. Mm -hmm. And I can go and get in a tropical cyclone and I can deal with those conditions for a grueling six to 36 hours. And then the aftermath element, which is, you know, a decompressed time. I love hurricanes. I'll be honest though. I love blizzards and I'm sure Greg, you probably can't stand snow up there. <laughs> uh, I love it though, because Jennifer knows being in the deep South, I was born and raised in Alabama uh, went through the blizzard of 1993, the superstorm of the century. I just was fascinated with that thunder snow. That fascinates me. It's it's just one of those things. So I love I love all of it. To, to as a blanket answer, uh, hurricanes are the adrenaline rush. Um, snow is almost like therapy for me after tornado and hurricane. Season, <laughs> so do you guys stay just as busy then in the winter? We're wide open. Um, this, this is interesting. From a perspective of monetary value, we probably gross more video sales through the winter than we do all of tornado season and hurricane season. Wow. You know, Brad, it's funny you say that, but uh, what happens during a blizzard is that no one's out with their cameras. Everyone's hunkered inside. Like hunkered there's no right. footage. There's no footage of the stuff that's going on when it's when it's brutally cold out and and right. blowing snow. And so if you've got that footage, somebody's gonna buy it. Mm -hmm. Right. And and you know that's that's the one thing with with the coronavirus pandemic and and being an election year and all that stuff this year. We we generally in that four year cycle we start to see a little bit of a decline because revenues from the media entities are going in different directions and it's been challenging this year but just today you know we've got a tropical depression so i've had my phone ringing off the hook hey where are your guys at hey do you have any of those remote boxes out you know <laughs> so all it really takes is one event to really get things kicking and, and moving again so where's the farthest you've traveled to cover, you know, hurricanes, typhoons, anything like that? Well, I was in Puerto Rico uh, for, it was interesting. I, I was able to travel there in 17 for Irma. Mm -hmm. And then I flew back from Puerto Rico and caught Irma in Florida as well. <laughs> that was, that was, I, was, I was on Sanibel Island. I didn't get to the Keys. That hurt my feelings, but. You know, I'll take what I could get. But a couple of weeks later, I flew back to Puerto Rico and dealt with Maria in Puerto Rico. So wow. watching crazy. Puerto Rico deal with what they dealt with. And then I was there for four days and we flew out. We were going to New Jersey and you would know it being the big idiot that I am. I got a kidney stone mid-flight coming back to the United States. I hit, I hit the floor like a little girl and screamed and kicked until we landed and went straight to the hospital in an ambulance. Um, oh. But, 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 are... I, I do intend on going with uh, one of the greats, Jim Eds, 
does a lot of typhoon chasing and Jim and I are really good friends. And if we can ever get outside the country again to go to uh, Taiwan, uh, Guam to chase, yeah. he and I are going to do some typhoon chasing. Get Jim to take you a lobster fishing down in the Keys sometimes too. He hand fishes for lobster. That's strange amazing. dude. Strange dude. Wow. Jim's, Jim's one of the craziest guys I've ever met, but he's one <laughs> of the best in terms of hurricanes that I've ever seen. Him, yeah. And then another guy in the Keys, Mike Tice. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you get That's to keep awesome. the stone? Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, no, no, unfortunately, they didn't let me keep oh. it. Which I, I hey, M- MJ, that's got to be the title of this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Whenever God. the stone may fall. <laughs> yeah. So, so what do you think about this year, Brett? with just having just record-breaking season already with how early storms are being named. What are your predictions? I think we're in for an active season. The one caveat that we have is the, you know, the style, the Saharan air layer. We've got dust coming off of Africa. Um, Looking at that wave train that's coming off of Africa, it's a little bit below 10 degrees north. I'd like to see that a little further north if we were going to deal with a lot of landfall potential but you know looking out there in the extended we got several waves that are coming across i think it'll be very active um the one big difference you've been hearing all this rumbling in the community of oh 2004 2005 you know that's great and all but by this time in 2004 and 2005 those ace index numbers were up there quite a bit and the strength and intensity of some of those systems was you know out of this world already we're not quite there yet. We've had a record number of storms, but in terms of intensity, they've been kept in check. So that's a good thing so far, but it also should keep everybody on their toes to show that we have the potential to deal with a very active season going forward. Yeah. Uh-oh. All right, so hey, that's the sound. Uh, it is time for our lightning round. So this is, uh, this is our game show of flashy and brilliant questions, Brett, that we always play with our guest, and uh, you're no different tonight. We always invite everybody else to, to play along with us as well. Uh, tonight, uh, so we've got a little game tonight that we're going to call uh, Mama's Favorites. <laughs> Mama's Favorites. So you, you are obviously known for uh, being down there in the Dixie Alley and, and doing a lot of chasing down in an area that a lot of people won't touch. Uh, including myself. I don't even like chasing in Kentucky, for crying out loud. Um, but but what we're going to do is I have got from Spoon University. <laughs> Maz, the, the, I always think of you when... Uh, <laughs> when we spoon? <laughs> yeah, when we spoon. Where so is this going, Phil? This, this, is, uh, this is from Spoon University, and, and what this is, uh, this is the food each state is known for in Dixie Alley. So we have got six states. Uh, so keep track of these, Brett. Six states. Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Tennessee. So these are, these are going to be our Dixie Alley states. And what, we, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to name a type of food. And you have to tell me which state that is most known for as far as bait being hey this is the food that this state is known for does that make sense yeah where's right, mama man. come into this <laughs> isn't mama that a ma- yeah i mean isn't that like a southern 
Oh, I don't know. That's that's nice, nice try. Sorry, boy. That's a stretch. That's probably a stretch anyway. But yeah, so so mama's favorites. Uh, so the the first one, and and so here's what we'll do. We can have the the co-host can maybe chime in too if if they want to help you out a little bit. But um, yeah, I got I got you on this one. Brent. Yeah, Greg. <laughs> Greg's got a lot of experience down in the southeast. Let's get it, Greg. Let's so here's it. the first one, Brett. The first one is crawfish. Which of those six states is most known? For crawfish, Louisiana. Uh, it's gotta be. That would be yeah. correct, Louisiana. Very good. All right, so Louisiana is off the board, right? Oh. All right, right, so the next one is cheese dip. Cheese dip. What do you guys think? That's a tricky one. What are the state options again? Uh, we have what's left is uh, Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Mississippi, and Tennessee. Oh, maybe Arkansas. Tennessee? Yeah, Tennessee or Arkansas. Yeah, yeah it's gonna be one of those two. What What do you think, Brett? Uh, let's go with Arkansas. You can go with Arkansas. Oh, ding, ding, ding! Good job, Brett. So that is Arkansas. We're two for two. All right, the next one: hot chicken. Hot chicken, baby. What state is known for its hot chicken? That could either be Tennessee or Alabama. Um. I was thinking I'm, Georgia, but that's not Tennessee, one of them. Tennessee, I don't, Tennessee. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's Georgia. Let's go with Alabama on that one. I'm sure it's wrong because I know what it's going to be. All right, Alabama? Yeah. That is incorrect. Uh, Jen, what did you say? Tennessee. That is right. I know it was one of the two. Tennessee okay, hot so chicken. Hold on a second. I gotta, so close to each other. I got to ask, though, what the hell is hot Gosh. chicken? <laughs> We had some in Oklahoma, and it was they, they have it at KFC. KFC's got it Nashville hot. hot chicken. Yeah, we okay, had but, some in in Oklahoma. Oh, Nashville hot! I got it. I Nashville was hot, right? For like KFC, but you know, you, when you say hot, though, you mean like spicy hot? Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. yeah it's gotcha. a cayenne. Gotcha. It's a cayenne pepper gotcha. uh, kind of yes. coating. Warm. That makes sense. All right, next one. We got three left. Uh, biscuits and gravy. Mama's biscuits and gravy. Got, oh, I, I got a guess on this one, Phil. You, you can you can say your guess. It, it I, I think you got to go with Mississippi on that one. I tell you what, I'll or ride with says the Canadian. Alabama. Yeah, yeah it's got to be a Mississippi Alabama. thing. All right, so it says Alabama. I'm going with Alabama. <laughs> yeah, that is incorrect. It's Mississippi. Mississippi. That's your state. Woo! Mississippi. Really? Yeah, I did. Right. I would have thought Alabama. If you got a problem yeah, with it, too. take it up with Spoon University. All right, here we go. Two more. God. Cheese grits. Cheese grits. Right, Wait, which states go. are left? That's Bama. Alabama. Yeah. That's Bama. We got Alabama and Georgia. What'd you say, Sorry. Brett? That's Bama. That yeah. is correct. All right, so uh, this is the tough one. I got the last one. This is the tough one. Peach cobbler. Peach cobbler. Yeah, yeah. That's good old Georgia. She's the peach. I wonder why you saved that one till the end, Phil. <laughs> Actually, uh, I saved that one to the end. I don't know why I did. It was just it was the last one on my sheet right there. Georgia, Peach Clover. Anyway, you, you did outstanding on that, Brett. Yeah, wow. Nice. Very good. Uh, so let's let's do this. Uh, let let listeners know, I guess, how they can find you on social media and, and track you and all that good stuff. You can uh, search for me on Facebook and Twitter, uh, Alabama Storm Tracker, Alice Storm Tracker. You can look at me up, Brett Adair. Um, 
Livestormchasing.com is our live streaming site. That's where most people watch us, and we've got an app in the iOS and the App Store, uh, Android App Store. Uh, it's Live Chasing. So uh, check us out there. We'll be out for every storm in the foreseeable future. Awesome. awesome. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We're, we're going to go ahead and uh, take our final break. We're going to be right back with Jen's new weather segment, which she is titling Weatherwise Trivia, and some good old weather fools. Uh, so stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Bye. <laughs> This is Jeff. This is Jeremy. And this is Gabe. We're the Tornado Trackers. You're listening live to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the moon tonight. We don't get fooled again. All right. That time of the show where we do hashtag weather fools, where we scour the web for the dumbest people doing the dumbest things. Uh, uh, Phil, you've got a couple of weather fools for us today. I do have a couple. So uh, the first one, this is from a listener. David Sharp uh, shared a little something with us. And uh, what he shared was uh, this was a, a shelf cloud in Destin, Florida, that was coming into the beach. And, of course, uh, look at everybody just still hanging out on the beach, watching this thing. I mean, oh, it's just right look, off. That doesn't look it's, bad. It's no. right off the beach. Now, this is the funny thing is, is this is probably where we would all be too, right? On the beach, right. filming this, watching it come in. Do so as, as I said. Stay, not as we do, Phil. Right. And as I said, we are off in ourselves. Hashtag weather fools. Uh, but, yeah, this beach has got a little too many people just <laughs> watching this storm. <laughs> Marge, what's all the sand glass doing out here? <laughs> all right. The second one I've got uh, is a Twitter video. This is from uh, Megan McClellan. And uh, she had a video of a truck, pickup truck, oh, going no. through floodwaters and stalling. <laughs> so, right. Wait, is, that, is that Brett? Is that is yeah. Brett no. Brett Adair? So this is a simple resident uh, residential street, and this is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they were filming this uh, bozo driving through the uh, flooded street, and then stall. And uh, now they're not. Now they're not moving. Now, hey, Brett, turn fine. turn around. Don't drown, Brett. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Turn around, don't yeah. Drown, it's all right. You I'll guys, get to hold my you... beer first. <laughs> so i have to tell you a story i was at the beach last week um with my family and we had like you know the storm clouds come over and everything we saw three water spouts they were very cool. very brief but there were three oh, cool. and it was so awesome but there were idiots just like you showed phil on the beach and even some of my family i'm like guys let's go like move it and because people don't realize, like, the positive lightning strikes right. are the most dangerous yeah. outside yeah. of the storm. They're the hottest. Not so, even in the storm. So, so there you have it, folks. Jennifer Watson. <laughs> hashtag weather fool. Yep. Right? I know. I was and smart. I've been there. And yeah. family. So Light, listen, uh, <laughs> if you want to check out those uh, weather fools that uh, Phil gave us tonight, 
Uh, check out the show notes, uh, episode 110. I cut Jen off because nobody wants to hear any more of those uh, stories about uh, standing outside in a thunderstorm. I know what beach Sorry, she was Jen. on. Song you beach. know what, Freckles? <laughs> no, All right. it was awesome. Really All cool. right, Jen. Jen, we're we're still going to give you the mic, so so don't don't fret. But uh, apparently, you have got a new segment for us this evening to introduce. Tell us what it is, and let's let's roll. So I want to have a little fun. This is kind of us, uh, the Stormfront freaks, versus people who are watching us live. Who can answer it first correctly? Oh, um, this is you know right. The MJ. press is on. <laughs> Warn MJ it next yeah. time. He's, he's gonna. So so just so so I'm clear. If we know the answer, we just shout it out. Yeah, yeah, oh, and oh. same with anybody who's watching. If you know it, uh, just just answer. And I, and I want yeah. you to know, I'm going to shout out and answer every time and do this. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> so and so, part of this is centered around um, storm chasing just a little bit. And so, these are a few questions. So, hopefully, everyone who is watching us, they're ready to. I was thinking of doing this as like multiple choice. But I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm just going to see how well you guys know this. So the first one is kind of easy. It is what percentage of the world's tornadoes occur in the U.S.? 30. What? Only 30? <laughs> I don't know. 82. 60. No, 50. 50%. 50%. 50. Close to 80, I think. Yeah, yeah. Close to 80 is is right. Getting well, there. Is, is, that, is that in 2020? Or is that? No, this, this okay. Come on up to Canada. Yeah, I was thinking 2020, and that's why I threw 30 out there. The correct answer is 75. percent So whoever oh, said Brett, Brett, 75. Yeah. Josh closest. had a good answer of 62. I like that. Well done, guys. Josh, Josh, maybe was closest without going over. Garrett no, said 75. 75. Exactly. Okay. This may be an easy one. I'm not sure. Where is the lightning capital of the world? Not the U.S., the Ooh, world. Uh, is Venezuela. it a state or a city? Venezuela. It, it, you got it. It's the lake. I'm not even going to pronounce it. In Maracaibo. Venezuela. Yes, yes. Oh wow. You knew it. Ding, wow. ding. Huh? Dang. That was, that was awesome. For viewers All right, guys. On that one, <laughs> yeah. Greg, no, Greg was naked on that beach once. That's why you know. There's nothing else to do when you're in Canada except mm-hmm. look that stuff up. Wikipedia. That's all I do all day. Wikipedia. <laughs> oh my god! I bet you do. Do you own the book, Greg? Um, is it Tom or, or Tim? The the tornado book that dates everything. And there was like a fire, and only goes like to 1991 or something. And they've no. made it recently. I, I will. Uh, we'll Grizulis. That's Thomas Grizulis, and he is coming out. He's updating it. Awesome. Still, it question? sounded like it's still going to be a year or two. Yeah, it was, and I got it right. <laughs> there you go, dang. <laughs> All right, guys. What is the single deadliest tornado in U.S. history? Joplin. Tri-state tornado. Mm. Yep. Ah! Nineteen twenty-five wow. tri-state tornado. Mm. Um, who is the first recognized storm chaser on record? Who's the first. That's not Doswell. Who was Bob? Yeah, you say you Bob. It's Bob's Road. Bob's Road. Who was it? Bill Paxton. <laughs> Bill Paxton. Yeah. I, I thought I remember hearing that the uh, the the um oh gosh who was it he, he was uh, he was at one of the the convent Torcons just recently. It's David Holdley. Tim Marshall. David He's like. Holdley. 
David Hobley. Okay. I can't yeah, remember if that was him or not. in North Dakota in 1956. Yeah, Hobley. Oh, so, yeah. Wait, did Jen? He found Track magazine that they made into the forum now. Did he start yes. that? That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Did Jen just get her own crap. question? <laughs> yeah. I gave her the ding. Yeah. I'm like, I gave her the right. ding. She got it. That was right. He wrote in here, it said. I don't know if were I they, uh, Were they uh, sketching the tornadoes back then? Is that what they were, <laughs> were doing? Were they, they were... Uh, good job, Greg. I like the laughter, yeah. Okay, so here's another one. What year did the show Storm Chasers launch on the Discovery Channel? 2012. Seven. 2007. 2009. Yep. Right. It ended in 2012, Phil. It's gone. Oh. Oh, see, that's yeah. what I was thinking. I, darn. <laughs> yeah. All right, you guys. So this is, this is awesome. Um, this is the last one, and I'm sure you're going to get it pretty fast. But what is the widest tornado on record? El Reno. El Reno. Uh, yeah, that was super easy. Yeah. Sorry, guys. What's the second largest tornado on record? Uh, <laughs> Nebraska. Nebraska? Nebraska. Um, uh, Pilger, if you count both of them. Can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> was it was it Holland, Nebraska, Greg? I believe. Yeah, yeah. It was, oh, yeah. Okay. That's All right. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna ask one more. What was the third largest tornado on record? Because this one was very recent. We could go all night on this. Was it fifty fourth? Bassfield, Mississippi. Oh, really? Josh got it. Josh Burnham. Wait. Oh wow. Oh well. Well done, nice Josh. Pull that in. Bassfield nice. was. 2.25 miles wide, and there's speculation it could be wider. Wow. Wow. How and long they, was that on the ground for, Brett? Uh, that tornado was on the ground for, I, I want to say it was close to 80 miles. Hold on, I'm going to check. Was that, that. twenty? Was that 2019? That was this year. That was the well, Easter that was this outbreak. Year. Yes. Really? Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, oh, wow. that was this year. It, uh, it was upgraded. It was 2.25 miles wide. Uh, got upgraded to 190 miles per hour. Um, da, 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 da. It was on the ground for approximately. I remember that outbreak too. I, was I think I was. I think I was in a. I think I was in a COVID, uh, like uh, uh, like haze of some Super. kind. Yeah. yeah. No, you were you were drinking. <laughs> Come on, haze. That's where that the same, haze came from. Yeah, same thing. Brett, did you try to find that uh, link? Yeah, I was actually on that tornado as it approached the uh, 2059 corridor. I was out that day. Um, the initial tornado we caught was just south of Columbus, Jennifer, up near Brooksville. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It flipped the Am I, what's what's the highway that runs south of Columbus there through Brooksville? You know which one I'm talking about, East Mississippi. Uh, Hold on. Anyway. It's been a hot second, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Runs from there down to Meridian. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. We we caught that tornado and it took the highway and hightailed it south of Meridian and caught that Bassfield tornado as it was coming to the interstate. Actually caught it on a drone. So Whoa. that was... That one was pretty nasty. Yeah, that's uh, I, I, that mm, I can't even imagine that. And I think that got lost with COVID everything too. Yeah, 
did. Yeah. How devastating that was. Hey, before I forget, is there a place we can go to check out your a lot of your stuff without paying? <laughs> I, I tell you what we have a youtube channel you can go to youtube.com and you can look live storms media up and then again on our app live chasing um on the android or ios app store uh right. you can watch all of our live feeds there. Matt, Matt is a cheap sob a little bit i like to invest you know so well i'll tell you what uh, jen jen that was a great uh, that was a good segment i like that weatherwise trivia we'll have to we'll pull that one out again um i think that just about does it uh, for this episode of stormfront freaks podcast want to thank you guys for listening or watching uh, before i announce our next guest i uh, want to let you know we, we appreciate uh, all the reviews especially written reviews uh, that you can leave for us if you like uh, what you're watching or listening to. Um, you can either catch us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search Stormfront Freaks. Um, or uh, you can usually leave, especially on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a written review uh, if you're listening to us there. Um, just let us know, I guess, what you like and, and uh, let us know if there's something you don't like. But uh, regardless, uh, if it's something written, we can we can uh, say something on our next show. And don't forget to subscribe. A lot of times, whatever podcast app you're listening to, um, whether it's Pandora, uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, any of those, uh, subscribe. There's usually a follow or subscribe button. And uh, if you hit that, it just guarantees when we post the next show, it's going to show up right away in your inbox, so you'll have access to that uh, before anybody else. Is that the is that the royal? version of pandora the pandora, <laughs> pandora. sorry <laughs> okay um i do i do want to uh special thanks to our guests tonight uh brett adair brett thanks for coming on you were awesome good having you back. so uh good thanks job, for coming man. on and we will be uh recording our next episode uh, we're a bi-weekly show we're going to be live on youtube and facebook on thursday august 6th 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. We're going to have Hurricane Tracker Mark Suddeth uh, is going to be back with us. Uh, so we'll, we'll be uh, tracking and talking some more hurricanes. So that should be a good time. Uh, but for MJ, Maz, Greg, Jen, and Brett, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast. <laughs>